This recording is intended to be used as an educational resource for healthcare providers. It is in no way a substitute for the independent decision making and judgment of a qualified healthcare professional. It should not be used to make a diagnosis or to overrule the advice of a qualified healthcare provider, nor should it be used to provide advice for emergency medical treatment. Nasopharyngeal and Oral Suctioning by Susan Hamilton Please note that in this video we will be following the guidelines used at Boston Children's Hospital. Some of this information may need to be modified based on the equipment, guidelines, and practices in place in your institution. Hi, my name is Sue Hamilton. I'm a nurse educator at Children's Hospital Boston. Today I'm here to talk to you about nasopharyngeal and oral suction in the non-intubated patient. Introduction. Nasopharyngeal and oral suction may be completed on a patient to remove excess secretions or to stimulate a cough in a patient who doesn't have a good cough to help maintain a patent airway as well as promote oxygenation and ventilation. In this segment, I'm going to demonstrate the proper technique that we use at Children's Hospital Boston for both nasopharyngeal and oral suction. I will review the equipment that you will need, as well as indications for suctioning, as well as a few contraindications. What you need to do to assess and monitor the patient, as well as some potential complications of suctioning, as well as what you'll need to document at the end of the procedure. Indications. You would want to perform this procedure if you observe the presence of secretions in the nose or mouth. Often you may not be able to observe secretions, but you may suspect that they are present when you detect increased work of breathing in your patient. Also consider nasopharyngeal and oral suctioning if upon auscultation of the lungs you observe any coarse upper airway noises. Patients who require assistance to expectorate secretions because of an inadequate cough or an inability to swallow secretions may also be candidates for this procedure. Contraindications The first contraindication that would prompt healthcare providers to refrain from this procedure is the presence of any nasal, facial, or basilar skull fractures. Please exercise caution when performing this procedure in patients receiving anticoagulant therapy, or that have a bleeding disorder or thrombocytopenia with a platelet count of less than 50,000. Equipment. You will need the following equipment to perform the procedure. Soft suction catheter. Rigid suction catheter. Suction source with a receptacle. Lubricant. Personal protective equipment. Clean gloves. Mask with a shield. Point of clarification. Wearing a mask with a shield. Please note that in our practice here at Boston Children's Hospital, we always wear a mask with a shield when performing this procedure. However, for the purpose of sound quality, the speaker will not be wearing one during this video. Procedure. 
nasopharyngeal suctioning. I am now going to demonstrate the procedure for nasopharyngeal suction. Before I begin though, I'm going to start by preparing the patient. For a small infant, if there's a parent available in the room, I'll ask the parent if they want to be present for the procedure to help the baby through it. For older children, you should prepare them for what you're going to do and if they're old enough, they can help participate by either counting down or doing something else that will make them feel more comfortable. Always want to make sure that the baby or the child's head of the bed is up at 30 degrees as well as make sure that you have oxygen nearby in case the patient has any complications and have your suction source ready. I'm now going to wash my hands and get my gloves on. I'm going to wash my hands with an alcohol-based hand sanitizer or you can wash with soap and water. Nasopharyngeal suction is generally a clean procedure, but you could use sterile gloves as well. I'm going to go ahead and use a size 5-6 soft suction catheter to suction this baby. You might use a larger catheter such as an 8, 10, or 12, depending on the size of your patient. Point of clarification. Choosing an appropriately sized catheter. It is important to select the appropriately sized catheter for your patient based on the size of his or her nares. The catheter should be one-third the size of the opening of the nare. This will allow the catheter to be large enough to remove secretions, but not so large as to obstruct the airway. I'm going to remove my catheter and keep the tip clean um, until I Put it into the patient's nose. I'm going to hook up my suction to the catheter and I'm going to test the suction to make sure that it's not too high. That's just right. I'm also going to lubricate the catheter to make sure that I don't cause any undue trauma to the patient's nose. I'm going to get ready. I'm going to have the patient prepared and I'm just going to hold on to this baby's head a little bit just so that the baby doesn't try to wiggle away from me. And as I, before I start, I'm going to measure from the baby's nose to ear to get an approximation of how deep I'm going to suction on this baby. And that's about at the 10 mark. And then I'm going to Prepare if a parent is with the child, prepare the parent as well as the child. I'm just going to hold on to this baby's head just so that the baby doesn't shake their head and um, try to avoid the suctioning. I'm going to gently insert the catheter without any a suction applied. I'm going to put the catheter in and if I need to, I'll twist the catheter just a little bit to help it go down. I'm going to get to about that 10 mark and then I'm going to apply suction and continuously apply suction as I remove the catheter. As I remove the catheter, I want to note the color and consistency of the secretions and whether there's any odor. Point of clarification. Duration of suctioning. Please note that you should limit each suction to three to six seconds. I'm going to give the patient a rest period of about 30 seconds to recover from this nasal um, suction before I begin to suction again. If the patient didn't cough, 
you might want to try to go in the other nair or maybe go just a teeny bit deeper to stimulate a cough if the patient in fact is able to cough for you. I'm going to go down one more time now. Now I'm going to apply suction. Again, you can roll the catheter on the way out as well. I'm going to examine the secretions. I'm going to monitor my patient and see how my patient has responded to that procedure. Procedure Oral Suctioning I'm now going to review the procedure for oral suction. You may do oral suction after you have nasopharyngeal suction to patient or you may just do oral suction alone. I've already done my hand hygiene and put on my gloves and I've already prepared the patient. So again, you want to choose a catheter. In the smaller child, you may stay with a soft catheter, or in a larger patient, you may decide to go to a more rigid catheter that will be better for getting um, more thick oral secretions. Again, you want to make sure that the suction is not too high to uh, not cause any trauma to the mucosa of the mouth. For oral suction, again, if the patient is non-cooperative, you may just need to um, gently guide their head to keep them from trying to move their head away from you. Just go ahead and apply the suction into the side of the mouth and apply suction and then go around to the other side. Try to get under the tongue and a little bit up over the tongue and try to get any pooled secretions in the back of the throat. Do remember to take care in a patient who has a strong gag reflex or has just been fed due to um, you don't want them to gag and then vomit any feeds that may still be in the stomach. Complications. The complications that you may observe include laryngospasm, bronchospasm, a change in vital signs including a decrease in oxygen saturation, trauma or edema to the oral or nasal mucosa, excessive coughing, or a gag response with a risk for vomiting and aspiration, patient pain or discomfort. Please note that you may or may not observe any of these complications during or following this procedure. I encourage you to monitor your patient closely for signs or symptoms of complications and to be prepared to manage them, which includes having the necessary equipment available to treat the complications should any arise. Assessment and monitoring. First of all, it is important to monitor the patient's vital signs, including oxygen saturation. You will also want to auscultate lung sounds as well as observe the patient's work of breathing before, during, and after the procedure. Finally, you will want to assess the patient's comfort during the procedure. Documentation. Following nasopharyngeal and oral suctioning, you should document the following information in the patient's medical record. The indication for the procedure. The date and time of the procedure. The characteristics of the secretions, including amount, color, consistency, and odor. The vital signs before, during, and after procedure. The resolution or persistence of the reason for suctioning the patient's comfort during the procedure, and any adverse outcomes. 
That concludes our section on nasopharyngeal and oral suction of the non-intubated patient. This recording is a production of Open Pediatrics, a free and open access resource for pediatric clinicians worldwide. For more pediatric care materials or to join our global community, please visit our website at openpediatrics.org.